All right, welcome to Live, Lead, and In Between, a podcast for leaders who want to be better at leading in life and everywhere in between. My name is Travis Jones, and I am your host for this podcast, so let's get after it. All right, well, we are fresh off our summer break, and kids are getting back to school, and calendars are starting to fill back up with stuff, and and this year, my school calendar is a little simpler. Um, it's funny that my calendar revolves around the school year. I, I guess there's going to be a day that's going to come when uh, that's not going to be the case, but that is not anytime soon. So, uh, but during the summer break, I actually uh, right at the beginning of the of the break, I set aside some time and and thought through the remainder of the podcast season and I and all the topics that I wanted to explore, and I came up with some topics to consider, and then I got really excited about one in particular. Uh, uh, it was a series that I thought I would do called Church Life. Uh, I, I, I landed on four different aspects of church life as it relates to leadership in the church. And this is, you know, this is pretty much where I live as a, as a leader. I've, I've served in ministry for almost 14 plus, plus or minus years uh, of time. And uh, in that time, I've, I've served in different churches and run from the top to the bottom. Um, you know, I, I've had time to develop my own school of thought and point point of view on what I think works and what I think doesn't or what I think needs some work. So so in this series, uh, some of that will most definitely come out because it, it can't help but not to. And I make no apologies for that. Uh, I am also well aware that different things work in different cultures. So you're going to have to take what I'm giving out and run, run it through the particular church culture as a filter, your particular church culture as a filter, and take what works and trash the rest. I will I will say that if you don't like the culture of your church, then pray about making a change. Pray about making a change to a different church or being a part of that which helps to change the culture of your current church. So this will be for, for more leaders in the church or those who are thinking about leadership in the church. Uh, and one last thing, and this is for church staff, to staff members uh, I'm that might be listening uh, to this. I have the perspective of a church staff member, and it's been a long time since I've had the view of someone who is involved on the other end, like a, a church volunteer or a church member. So as you listen to this, you will inevitably have questions generated in your mind about your own church. And the best place for you to work through those questions is with a trusted non-staff church member, uh, someone that doesn't have the, a financial dog in the fight, someone who calls uh, your church home and loves it. That's the best place for you to work out some of the questions that you may or may not have. Uh, it's hard to actually do that with some other staff members from time to time. So um, with all that said, let's jump into the topic. Today's topic deals with leadership in the church and where the authority should fall. And the question is, should your church be staff-led or lay-led? Now, of course, you know what staff means, right? Those who are hired to do uh, work in the church or uh, there's the term lay or laity. Those are people who are non-hired. They consider their church their home, part of the congregation, um, and they would have the term laity or lay. So here's how I want to approach this. I want to look at some of the positives and negatives of both and then finish off with my general opinion and why I think why, why I hold the opinion I do. Um, so I want to start us off with uh, a staff-led church, uh, staff-led, lay-supported, I guess you could say. Right? I spent the first half of my ministry career in a heavy staff-led environment. And that statement and, and the statement that everything rises and falls on leadership 
uh, meant that if it were going to happen, the staff were the ones who initiated the ministry ideas or concept. We developed the team and gave the marching orders to accomplish it. Um, and so everything ro- rose and fell on the staff leadership. And so there are a couple pros and cons when it comes to this type of church setup. And I'm going to give you the pros. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to give you the pros first that, that I've come up with. And then we'll look at the cons after that. Uh, but one of the pros is things get done really, really fast. Um, you can be in a meeting and decide in that meeting that, hey, you know, we need to go this direction. And by the end of the day, something's set up and running in that direction. So things have the potential to get done really fast. And that's a that's a pro, in my opinion. Um, there is usually cohesiveness at the top. Those who are in the executive level of the staff, there's real pretty strong cohesiveness because there's a lot of time spent together. Uh, there's usually a strong alignment uh, and communication of vision with regard to the staff. I mean, when you think about it, the staff are there constantly um, with the, the the vision holder. And in this case, it would be the pastor. And there, there's, a, there's a podcast that'll come later about who should hold the vision, uh, the pastor or the congregation. Uh, and we'll go through that. But in this case, it's the pastor that holds the, the vision, what God has given him for that church, him or her for that church. And there's usually a strong... Um, alignment with that and communication of the vision with regard to staff. There's also strong community presence because it's, it's staff pushed. If it, if it's going to happen, staff is the one who will push uh, that community engagement. Uh, There's a very clear chain of command. Uh, You know who your direct report is and that's how you function. You go up or, well, you don't go down, but you go up, right? If there, if the staff is empowered, and this is one of my favorite ones, and the culture is healthy, then there is strong accountability. In this case, the culture will be as healthy as the senior pastor is healthy. It's a lot like the whole trickle-down economics, the Reagan economics. If the senior pastor or campus pastor has a healthy is at a healthy place, you will feel it move through the rest and remainder of the staff. Um, one of the other pros is there's a culture of honor that has developed. And I, I did a podcast a, a, a long time about honoring up and you go check that out. It's one of the early ones I did. But in this case, uh, in a staff led environment, there's this culture of honor that develops to honor those who are over you in the Lord. And, 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 and it's usually pretty good. Um, and then one of the other pros that I've got on here is that honestly, new staff can be added rather quickly in a staff led environment for, for even major positions. Now, some of the cons that you're going to hear, um, you're going to hear I mentioned as pros, but I'm going to give you the con side of those because I have experienced the con side of those as well. Uh, if a culture is unhealthy, then it will tend to be a high-stress environment for the staff member. Um, if the culture is unhealthy, that's the key word there. If it's unhealthy, it'll be high-stress for the staff uh, and all the staff members that are that are around. Um, one of the cons is it can be very difficult to get buy-in from people who are not a part of the staff. I remember this one time we had decided we wanted to make a change to our our guest services um, procedure, how we welcome guests and whatnot. And I remember that at, on staff, it was super easy. Everybody understood it uh, and, and whatnot. But then when it came to those who were part of the guest services team, which were majority volunteer or laity, um, they had a hard time grasping the concepts for the reason why that we were moving to make a change. And it, it, I mean, a lot, a lot of pushback, a lot of unnecessary conflict, uh, if, if I would say that, because um, it just, it, it, it wasn't communicated clearly from top down. And then everything that happened after that communication just furthered it, furthered the issue. We eventually got it, but it took a long, long time 
so it's, it was very difficult to get buy-in from people who weren't a part of the original staff, right? So another con is the vision is communicated often, uh, though, sorry, though the vision is communicated often, it takes a good while to gain traction. And oftentimes the staff are moving on to the next thing before the traction has even been gotten. Um, and so I noticed that a lot when I was a part of a staff-led environment that we would do something and we would feel like we had accomplished it on our end, but uh, the majority of the time, those who were out in the pews, per se, hadn't really grabbed a hold of what we, we were talking about up to that point. But by the time they did, we were already on the next thing. So we didn't give them those things, that the time and uh, energy they needed to be fully grasped and embraced, right? Um, another con is there can be a lack of trust from the bottom up. If the culture is unhealthy, I mean, like it, and what I mean is if the culture is an unhealthy culture, then those who are, are not on staff, the laity, that are there, or their supporting staff, um, don't trust the leadership of the staff. If the culture is unhealthy, if the culture is healthy, it's not a big deal. Um, the cons, another con, is the staff culture tends towards a permission culture, meaning that the staff will not execute unless they feel they are sure that the leadership is behind them. Even though they might have been verbally given an empowerment to do certain things, they'll they'll want to make sure that the leadership is completely behind them before they'll do really anything, right? Uh, those, here's another one, those not on staff tend to feel left out of major decisions. Um, though you may have an elder board or whatnot that are volunteer, um, unless it's written in your bylaws that, you know, everybody gets a say, those who are not on staff feel left out, right? Uh, typically, uh, it's a one-shot pony. Things are pushed very hard for a short time rather than an extended campaign, um, and, and then I also have typically hiring new staff revolves around the senior pastor, campus pastor, or point lead in that, and doesn't really go beyond that, maybe a couple other people. And so that can be a con, and I'll explain why here in, in a minute. But my observation is that in all the pros and cons, I'm, I am operating under the assumption that there is a church governance structure in place, but maybe that would be a part five of the series. Uh, like I said earlier, I've served in, in this model of church leadership, and when it was on fire in a good way, it was on fire. But when it was unhealthy or off, it felt like a dumpster fire. Um, if, you, if you're if you not in the loop with the decision makers on staff, decisions are often are made oftentimes, they'll feel a little off because of the need to know basis, which is never good because you tend to fill in the blanks that you don't have. Uh, one thing, though, I did love about being um, on a, on a staff-led or in a staff-led environment was that uh, the speed at which things could get done. We could make a decision, I think I mentioned this earlier in a staff meeting, and implement it by the end of the week. And the flip side of that quickness, though, sometimes is a lack of understanding and it fizzling out, or the thing that we decided on fizzling out at the very, uh, the very thing we decided on fizzling out because it was implemented too quickly, right? So all in all, this type of church leadership structure usually has an elder board, including the senior pastor, an executive pastor that handles the business end of things, and maybe an associate pastor to help with the ministerial duties, and um, and maybe a student pastor, a children's pastor, and some office staff. Um, And that can be completely enough uh, to get the job done and and work. Uh, The church that I was a part of, we were not very staff heavy. And our average attendance ran about five, six hundred at times, uh, outside of an Easter or Christmas, and so we were able to get the job done mostly with volunteers and, and things like that. Um, and so, you know, 
it was staff led and lay supported. Now, there is a huge difference though in a lay led church or the the definition that I probably should give is is a lay led staff supported um, organization. Now, I currently serve at a church that follows this model, and I, I think that is the correct label for it. Um, it it's lay-led and staff-supported, and all in all, it's pretty efficient in how it and how it works. Um, now, I, I I'll never forget the day that I, I learned really what the lay-led, staff-supported kind of definition meant. Um, we were we had talked about in one of our staff meetings. Um, which I was very used to changing the church look and logo and things like that. And all those things in the staff led church are easy to do. It's just, you do them right. Uh, unless you're a bylaw. So you have to do some other things. Uh, but in this case, it was decided that there was a, a change that needed to happen. And in that change, um, we wanted to change the look, the logo and some other things. So, uh, the first thing that was, was charged by, uh, one of the staff members was to start a committee and, uh, keep that word in mind committee, because when you talk about a lay led church that staff supported committees are the way that things get done. And so for this particular, uh, committee, there were, uh, probably, I think three staff members and, uh, or excuse me, two staff members and three, uh, laity, three lay just church congregational vol- you know, volunteers that, the, that had volunteered to be a part of this committee. And they had some expertise in the area of graphic design and stuff like that. Uh, I was one of the staff members and there was another staff member uh, that was a part of this as well. We had our first committee meeting and things rolled well and we kind of set the direction. And then our second committee meeting, things got a little off the rails uh, with regard to how, how um, things were being communicated and there's some contention that developed. And I remember putting out some ideas and concepts that I had been thinking about for new looks and things like that. When one of the people that had been there for a very long time actually chimed up and said, I feel like I'm losing my church, which in itself is not a bad statement. Uh, and it's a, it's a statement you got to look into when someone says that, but behind this person's statement was a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, uh, and it all came out and it, it honestly, it felt a little directed. And as it would turn out, it was directed directly at me. And in my mind, I thought, well, it's my church too. I mean, I moved my entire family to this church when I became a staff member. So it's not just your church. So I remember that being my first experience with a lay led church and, and, and some of the unhealth that I was experiencing there. And I thought, wow, this is different. Um, so there are some pros and cons when it comes to these things. And so just to give you some of those, and this list may be a little shorter because I'm like right in the middle of still like engaged in this lay-led staff-supported church. Um, so one of the pros is when things get decided on, all parties are represented and have equal say. And in that committee, all parties were represented and equal say. We all had equal say that we had some disagreements and things like that. There was equal say. Um, another pro is the, the partnership that can be developed between the laity and the staff can lead to amazing things. Um, and, and I mean it, amazing things can happen as a result of that partnership because you get different perspectives, uh, and different strengths and weaknesses, not just those who are on staff. Um, another pro is the pastor is the pastor, but there are control mechanisms in place so that he or she can do their job, right? So many times the pastor is looked at as a master of all trades, right? Uh, or a jack of all trades and a master of none, right? They're, they're literally in, a, in this healthy scenario that I'm talking about. The pastor can be the pastor uh, and, and do their job because there's mechanisms in place to help them do that. Um, another pro is that every major decision is held to a vote. And that, again, is completely according 
to the church bylaws that uh, you have. Um, another pro is trust is very present due to the amount of effort it takes, both in people and process, to get things done. Um, and then the culture of the church is dictated by the laity and enhanced by the staff and pastor, not dictated by the staff and pastor and enhanced by the laity, if that makes sense. Um, another pro is that the hiring process of new staff is generally very solid because there's a lot of eyes on it, both staff and laity. Um, there's a strong sense of community presence because not that the staff are pushing it, though they are, but the laity are in the community more than the staff and in greater numbers. So how could there not be a greater community presence? So those are some of the pros that I have. Now, my con list is kind of short at this moment, um, and I'm just going to throw these out there, and you may have some other cons if you exist in one of these environments, and, and you know, I would encourage you to write yours down alongside these, but one of the cons that I had for one of these for these environments of uh, lay-led staff supported is it takes forever to get things done forever but like i said when they are done they are solid and they are they're they're good they're and another negative about that is sometimes those things you get done can become entrenched uh in in the church itself right um another con is that when conflict when it happens it's really rough because you have people on staff who are answerable uh, to their oversights and receive a paycheck. And you also have people who call the place home. And if conflict develops between the two, it can be very difficult and rough and sides can develop very, very quickly. Um, another con is culture. It takes a long time to develop and change. A long time. Um, you know, and when it happens, it's great, but it takes so long to do. Um, another con is it can take some time to add new key staff positions uh, because there's a lot of eyes on it and a lot of mechanisms in place and fail safes it just takes time to do but like i said in the pro section the usually the mechanism is very solid it just takes time so if you're a person that really likes to get things done fast uh, this environment might frustrate you um, another con is that vision takes a longer time to develop and disseminate and there's a reason for that. And I've got uh, a, a series, like I think I've already mentioned it, that we're going to be doing as a, as a part of this, this church life series um, about who holds the vision. So I won't go too much into that, but it can take a long time to develop and disseminate. So, so those are some pros and cons for um, the lay-led, staff-supported church. Now, my opinion and why I hold it is, is this. Uh, I, and you can take this or leave it. This is surely my opinion based off my experience and what I've seen and and I get to thinking from the perspective that if I was starting a church, what would I do? How would I, how would I go about starting it? What have I seen that works? What have I, what have I seen that doesn't work? And, and, and I know this would be a work in progress, but I hold the opinion that the church should be somewhere in the middle when it comes to leadership. And if it were up to me, I would definitely adhere to the biblical def, the defined leaders, such as elders and deacons, right? Because those are described in scriptures. But I would tend towards the model that would place staff and laity at the same table with equal footing. Uh, because I believe there's power in the combined efforts of all being at the table with the same major issue. And here's why. Um, here, and I'm going to bring this from a staff member's perspective. Um, if a staff member is a member of the church and, and gives regularly, and there's a whole thing podcast we did when we talked about giving, um, then why shouldn't that staff member be afforded the same say as someone who's a member and gives regu regularly, but doesn't receive their income from the church? 
I like, like literally that's my, my thought on it. Equal representation on both ends seems powerful to me. Now, will it probably create a whole other pro and con list? Absolutely. Uh, would you have to be more intentional about meetings and not cater to one group or the other? Yes. Or you'd have to have some structure that would allow for equal representation as far as the meetings go. Um, would it be worth it in the end to have equal buy-in from both staff and laity at the same level? Absolutely. I feel like you would move so much quicker. Uh, and again, there's there's me coming out in that. But but I really do see the value in it. So my my opinion is I would go somewhere in the middle and, and have both parts because I've seen both parts work equally well. There, But there, I will say, there are days that I have been sitting in the office and lamented and wished that I was a part of a staff-led environment versus a lay-led environment um, just simply because of circumstances that are going on. And then there are other days I, I can recall back being a part of the staff-led environment thinking, man, if if people that were just sitting in the congregation, the laity, if they understood and, and knew what was really happening right now, things might be different. So that's why I kind of land in the middle with that, because I think there's value in in both of those things, in both of those things being present in your church leadership. Now, I say this um, humbly. <laughs> I know that the church you probably attend or work at um, has their own set of challenges and things like that, and that's to be expected. And I know that the culture is different at your church. But what I would encourage you to do as a leader in that church, whether you are laity or whether you are staff in that church, is to partner up with your counterpart, either a, a, a lay leader or a, a, if you're a lay leader, a staff member. Partner up with them. Partner up with the staff member in the area that you feel most called. If you um, are into spiritual growth and, and that's your thing, and then partner up with whoever the staff person that has been given oversight in that particular area of your church. If you're a staff person, seek out people in the church to partner with that that's their gift and bring those two strengths together and let them challenge one another and let iron sharpen iron and work together to further the vision, whoever holds it, of your church um, and the vision of the kingdom. And so with all that, this, shoot, this has been about a 22-minute podcast. didn't intend for that to be the case, but with all that said, I think that's a great place to stop. Um, again, this is our, our church life series that um, kind of have started on here. And, you know, we've got a couple of them set to run. And uh, I'm trying to pull up my pl- podcast planning right now so I can kind of take a look at that. But I think the next one is the um, keep the main thing the main thing, right? Uh, that's the next church life series podcast we're going to do. And literally that one's about Sundays and how sometimes as as the church, we can veer off of the main thing. And the main thing for us as a church is our Sunday service. And I'm going to explain that before you get all weird about it and say, well, no, Jesus said to go and make disciples. I'm going to say yes to that, right? Uh, But our main thing is the main thing. We need to keep it there. And I'll get more into that next time. So until then, this has been Live Lead and In Between, Lead Well.